To all of you Spaceburgers out there, welcome to the Space Cave. I'm David Huntsberger. Hope you are doing well and had a lovely weekend. If you're looking for plans for this upcoming weekend, April 7th and 8th, well, if you're in Los Angeles, The Junk Show is celebrating 49 months of existence at the Copper Still at 8 p.m., a four-year anniversary show, or rather, a 49-month anniversary show. Music and magic, animation, pupusas, stand-up comedy, all kinds of stuff live music. So if you have an open night on a Sunday and you want to see some of that stuff and support live entertainment, come on out and celebrate the junk show. All right, let's get to some hardcore chatting. This is part two with Zach Bornstein. Zach Bornstein. It's, and then you say it Bornstein, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I asked you that the other night at the show. Yeah, I didn't do like an intro last time. Is that, is that um, for, for feedback? How does, was that too un, uncomfortable or, or an intro? Yeah, is it easier to like? All right, here we go. Welcome to the Space Cave. I'm David Huntsberger. Uh, We're chatting today <laughs> with Zach Bornstein. Uh, Zach, you're from Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe you get something more honest if you don't do that because then people are like, "Okay, time to put on the persona and go." Yeah. Hello. Like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you get something better if you're just recording. Uh, although, I think it's an ongoing experiment in that i can't i don't if someone comes in with a like a an affect or their persona on i don't really care if someone's just totally off the cuff and unprepared i also don't really care i think there's something for just like the in the moment Mm -hmm. if i I don't like anything where you have to be too focused on it being perfect Mm. and then so if people can be like god yeah a lot of times people walk out and go i didn't I didn't talk about the stuff I thought I was going to. I wanted to. I'm like, well, I I still think it was an engaging conversation. It, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can have an agenda and have things written down and be like, okay, but let's talk about this. Sometimes people squirm away from it, even if they don't realize they're doing it. You mm-hmm. know, where I'll be like, okay, so you studied this, and they'll go, yeah, yeah, and then they're right back into a relationship. Sure, or something's sure. On their mind or Whatever. Politics. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to escape what's on your mind. What's on your mind and what you're seeing. Like, I've been wanting to talk about wood glue this whole time because I'm looking at that oh, wood yeah. glue. Over. You yeah. can't escape wood glue. No, I've got a lot of ex- like a lot of stimuli in here, so your mind could be racing around like, what's that? What is that? What's going on there? You know, I wish it was doing that, but it's just wood glue. Just the wood That's glue. all I think about day in and day out. Mm-hmm. You're not a chemistry guy, I suppose. I'm a wood glue guy. You know, <laughs> if it's the chemistry of wood glue, count me in. If you're it's the it. chemistry of something else... Why bother? Just wood glue. Wood glue. What baby. are some of your favorite wood glues? As a wood glue guy, uh, Elmer's is good. Gorilla. Uh, my father and I used to make our own wood glue. Uh, oh, you did. What'd you use? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! You do like deep analysis on your uh, on your on your bits. Yeah, you're gonna run these bits. They don't just sail by, friend. Me, I like to scratch the surface and get the <laughs> hell out of there. <laughs> Because I don't think I'm through. And you're like, well, tell me about your childhood with this bit. That's where, to me, 
that I've always thought that was the funniest when uh, when people just dig a hole and mm-hmm. really try to get out of it and just mm-hmm. lie and make up silly dumb things. So I like uh, like a wood glue that was like what in your mind? What would the wood glue have been made out of that you and your dad made? My dad's come. Your dad's come. Mm-hmm. So then that's then I would go like and, and bits then, of so wood. How would you get the cum when you have it? I'd milk up? it out of them. You'd milk it. Out, so you're <laughs> Jesus, <essentially> let, <laughs> wait. Please cut this out of the. Okay. <laughs> See man, first thought, wrong thought. See man, you started. <laughs> I, I was. That's not even close to see man. It's see man. It's a singular. C-man. You're reaching. You're reaching too much. Around my dad. Ooh, <laughs> you brought it right back. I gotta cut all this. Yeah. For Dan, I'm so sorry. This just <laughs> too dirty. Oh, we can leave that in. You, would you like to cut Who's that, Dan? He um, compiles it all together. Oh yeah, what's it. up, Dan? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, Dan's a good dude. What's going on with that sound? It's just that you don't... So when you do that without headphones on, you don't get to hear it mm-hmm. very well. But when you have headphones on and you make a silly sound near a mic, it sounds really funny and it's satisfying. <laughs> it's like, you know, ASMR videos? Uh-huh. So you can kind of do it. That's so... That's... Can you one, hear that? I hate it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so satisfying. Give it a shot. Oh, I can do it. I it like when dogs are licking themselves or cats mm. or people kissing, I or chewing. Oh, if this were a soundtrack, I would jump right off a, bri- a building. <laughs> this is the soundtrack to Drive. Oh, it is. I remember it being a little more like slick. Mm-mm. It's just mouth sounds. Oh, interesting. Well, getting back into slick. <laughs> so how? <laughs> I'm curious, like what you. Uh, what was your home life like in Seattle? My home life? Yeah. What aspect of it? Like, are your parents in, are they in academia? Are they, are they reading books at night when you come home? What are you surrounded by, like, in, as far as like an intellectual level? Uh, Do they have a telescope? You want a telescope? <laughs> you could always tell a family that thought they were smart if they had a telescope. Definitely. Or, or if they were just like, it was just for the dad to peep on the neighbors, probably. Like a big globe that you can spin uh-huh. and stand above. Oh, I fucking wish I had one of those. Like a so. piano? Do you guys have a piano? We did have a piano, yeah. It was not a great one. It wasn't like a grand piano. It was like a, just a box with oh, keys. Oh, yeah, like a wall one. Yeah, it was old a wall. Timey, old West Saloon piano. Yeah, like there would be, that guy would, I'd be playing it while there's a fight going on behind me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. My dad is a community psychiatrist, so he works with the state helping like PTSD people and schizophrenics. Like when we go downtown and he knows all the homeless people, like wow. they all wave to him. <laughs> so he sounds like a nice human. He's a good dude silly my mom was a special ed teacher and then she did special ed research and now she's uh doing uh she's like a college counselor so she helps kids she started with special ed kids getting into college finding like good you know program matches for them that they could they could do and now she does all all students not just special ed okay this so you i'm trying to pinpoint your like you you have a little touch of like evasiveness sometimes i like, do a little bit yeah like Ooh. like a, an enjoyment of like bits and silliness or like even like just doing the the sound thing i definitely don't like communicating real information to real human <laughs> beings like exchanging honest information is my greatest fear yeah i'm i'm picking up on that just a little bit but you're not it's mm-hmm. not you don't uh like 
oh, what are they? I keep, it's a teleword. You don't telegraph that much. It doesn't, it doesn't like radiate off you. Like, well, this guy's shifty eyed. Oh, like, sure. Well, I've gotten like good at it. <laughs> like, I've gotten it? good at being shifty. So you don't know I'm being shifty. <laughs> <laughs> most comedians that I know, and your material's not dark. It's not like, oh, I can't believe you said that. At least the 10 minutes that no, I saw. No, I do, I do very, I do, I'm very clean and frothy. Yeah, I liked it. I, and I know a lot of comics that, have sort of those jokes or those styles that afterward you're like, man, what happened with you? And they're like, I volunteer with kids. <laughs> like they're always a really decent human, which I think in this time where everyone's trying to be the best version of someone, mm-hmm. like, I'm a good person. You are? No, no. When they say that, when comedians, oh, whoa, whoa. entertainers, anybody, they never that, are. If they say it, exactly. if you say it, I'm a feminist, you're not a feminist. You, you do that. To, you say you're a feminist to sleep with women. Well, Louis was one of those guys espousing all this, like, here's how to live. Here's how to be alive. And then behind the scenes. But when comics are uh, typically a little more like dark or what have Mm -hmm. you, it's usually the the backstory to them is that they work with special needs kids or something of that effect. They need some escape or something. Yeah. And Mm. it seems like you with your parents both being like heroes in the community, like, how did that affect you? Do you think um, was there a pressure on you? Like, oh god, I gotta go out now and like join the Peace Corps. These guys are <laughs> I don't think saints. they emphasized so much how, how, like the like altruism of what they did. I think it was more like the they were like just help people, and mm-hmm. that's like you want to be do something where you're doing good for other people. Would they ever second guess what you're doing? Or are they just mm. endlessly supportive? They were pretty supportive. I wonder if that's also the like. I think it was kind of the like child of the nineties kind of thing too, where parents were starting to be much more like supportive of like, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then that led to all of us now being like, well, I was told I could do whatever I want and now I'm not. So what is wrong with the world? Like, I think that's contributing to a lot of depression in people our age. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know if they pressured me so much to do, I think it was more just to like do well in school and like make sure I was doing, being smart and they're very school pressure but not, mm-hmm. it was also more, I was very competitive, I had an older brother I was very competitive with and I always just kind of copied him, that was my, that was probably where I got most of my, um, everything, I was just trying to like do what he did at that age. Yeah. That's a like so big shoes to fill, big like to live up to. Were An you, older brother, yeah, yeah. Was he one of those guys that was like all state and all yes. academic? Yeah, all state. He was an insurance broker at all state by the time <laughs> he was forty. No, he was like the yeah. He was he had like a literary agent when he was like fifteen or something because he Lord. like wrote a bunch of novels. He went to Princeton. <laughs> he was like captain of the crew team. He was Good he was Lord. like the perfect dude so i was always trying to like keep up uh-huh. with him what and then what did he study in at princeton he was a he did like the most competitive he just wanted to be the best so he like i think well i, I probably was also interested in it. he did this thing called woodrow wilson school of public policy hmm. did it feel like when you found neuroscience that you were kind of like oh this is my first thing that's my thing that i really love no the first thing was in middle school i went to like there was like this like uh community camp that i went to that had like a film week and Mm -hmm. you could i was always bad at everything like on the (laughs) basketball team i just like didn't want to be the worst and my goal brother would be like dunking on people always the best yeah so like uh, my goal was always not to be picked last if you're like picking (laughs) teams and then i went to 
um, I went to like this like film camp and I remember I made this thing and then it was the best. Cool. And I was like 14 and I was like, oh my God, I've never been on the other side before. <laughs> I've never felt that I was like the good one. I was always just trying not to be left behind. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then I was like, okay, maybe this could be my thing. And then I did it again and it was, it was all, it was just fun. And I felt like I had at least some kind of like innate positive reinforcement just making shorts and things like that? Yeah, yeah. And I think also people, for the first time in my life, were like, do that. Do more of that. Because mm-hmm. it always been like, I would like want to do something. I'd be like, can I do this? I'd be like, you can try. And then I'd try and they'd be like, mm, maybe something else. Like, <laughs> it was everything. For, and then I did that and people were like, oh, you should keep making more of that. And I was like, what? And they were like, I was like, wait, m- more? They are like, yeah, you're good. I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I just didn't understand being the good one. Yeah. So... I just kept doing that. And then throughout high school, I like, they had like a, it was really rudimentary, but that you could like the, like there was like a film group, but it was run through the newspaper just because the like newspaper guy had like a couple cameras and you could like check them out. So we started, I started making like a movie every year and then like just, a full length movie, not full length. Although I did make a couple like 40 minute, uh, like Batman movies. I was, I, cool. which is still embarrassing to this day. <laughs> I was Are you like, Batman? No, I was, I wasn't in the first one. And the second one, I was the bad guy. Oh. Uh, and, but it was very satisfying. I remember people were like, Oh, this isn't, this is pretty good. And it was, I'm still like, I wouldn't show it to anyone now, but it was at least the first, like I was saying, it's just like, were you, you like fa- recording sound and doing it in a, like, an yeah, I was shooting, way? directing sound, you know, you get costumes. I like sewed a cape and like put <laughs> it together and like, I was getting people to do stunts and stuff and like, wow, this filming. is in high school in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. I like taught myself final cut and like how to do like basic special effects. So I could do like gunshots and like smoke grenades and stuff like that. That's really impressive. Thanks. And it was so f- satisfying to be like just having positive reinforcement which i'd never really had in a genuine way before yeah. from anyone other than my parents were you aware of that at the time no like, were, I, I wasn't th- i think it's just a subconscious thing because people do tend to follow their positive reinforcement it's hard not yeah. to yeah but i think as a parent as i watch a lot of people that i'm friends with now kind of being early stages of parenting that's one of those things i ask them like do you have goals and i always say this i just hope they're happy Oh, they're just growing that's somewhere bullshit. That's I think you would want to see them like find their thing. And that had to have yeah. felt good. Like as you, your parents watch you kind of try to emulate your brother and then f- like seeing you go off I'm like, oh, he's, he's doing it. He's found something. Oh, yeah. he's, he like, doesn't suck. He's not an embarrassment <laughs> that we have to hide. <laughs> Did you, I mean, you say that with a little bit of like, you would get introduced at functions as like, this is our oldest son. And then here's his younger brother's <laughs> <son>. Kind of. <laughs> really? I'd have like, I remember girls would come up to me in school and be like, hey, Zach. And I'd be like, oh my God, girls are talking to me. And they're like, can you introduce us to your brother? <laughs> like, uh... What's Dottie Henson's younger sister's name in A League of Their Own? Uh, Kit. No, she's Kit. So you were kind of like, you had a Kit complex. Kit complex. I've Did never ever... seen that. How dare you? I know. Get out of here. Okay. The League of Their Own is fantastic. Mm. Uh, so you're becoming kit but successful, like making the film. Not successful, just not like a full some, embarrassment. Yeah, but like getting like a, hey, hey, Zach, you know how last time we wanted you to introduce us to your brother? Maybe this time you could find parts for us in one of your movies. Oh, and, and didn't get to that level, but <laughs> it definitely was. I think when you're a kid and you find like something that you're okay at, you get a little feather. 
Mm-hmm. And it feels like a big feather at the time. You're like, this is me. And you're one cocky down the hallway. But I, was that, I, I knew kids, I think we all did, like that there would be that fear that the moment they got something good, they'd be a monster, like mm-hmm. a terrible person. And there was always that, oh God, I hope this person doesn't win. Mm-hmm. And they do. And then they can't stop talking about it. And that goes mm-hmm. on into adults well into it. But like, did you have a little bit of that where people were like, oh, I liked Zach better when he was losing all the time. I don't know. I think I was really annoying when I was just kind of on both sides of it. And I wasn't like having a huge, I wasn't like Mr. Popular. Like I still was very not, I don't think people liked me that much. I was pretty annoying. So, and I tried to be all sorts of different like personalities and stuff. Like I tried to be like a rapper at one point. I tried to be like a goth kid at one point. Mm -hmm. I tried to like be like a skateboard guy at one point. Like I just, I still didn't have like an identity or like a group of friends. So, I still think people didn't like me just for the inconsistency. That's such a, I, I know you have, you've mentioned you have a hard time talking about like sincere things. That's a pretty like vulnerable thought. No, it's not. Shut up, man. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. What are you fucking talking about? Dude, let's crush another beer and start banging something. <laughs> but comedy always kind of has to come from like finding your voice, being like authentically yourself. Was that a through line? Like, cause God, I fucking wish I had a voice. Um, well, cause you said like Kimmel came calling. What was that from the short films or just from improv Kimmel stuff? came from, cause I w- had this group after college that was a sketch group and we had, we were making, we had like a monthly show at this place called the pit in New York, great theater. And, uh, had you helped like orchestrate this or are you like a bit player, like latching on? Or? I created this group that was based on a, it was like a bunch of my friends, a couple from college and a couple new people. We had a monthly show. After our second show, we got like a little New York Times blurb. And so then we started touring and we had, and then we got this uh, residency with the YouTube space so we could get cameras for free because I had no money. Like I went oh. into debt for rent and like I was just trying to make. So then we, when we were able to get equipment for free, yeah, it was like a, it was a game changer. So then we started making videos a lot and then those started doing well. And then uh, Kimmel saw those cool. and then reached out. What was the name of the group? It's called Garlic Jackson. That's a funny name. Thanks. The, my, some friends of mine in Austin, before I got there, had a group called the Hyper, Back, Hyper Jackson Chamber. Mm. So weirdly, like, so Jackson appeals to those of a sketch mind. Yeah. I mean, we we chose it for a few reasons. And I wonder if it was similar, but it was, it's, it's K sounds are easy to remember. Mm-hmm. And also, you, you know, everyone knows how to spell it. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, like... Oh yeah, that's no one's gonna be like like you can. I remember we were like, okay, we want a name that you would yell to someone at a party and they would be able to understand. Because mm-hmm. we had a couple names, like one was Slim Fields, and we we're like, people are gonna Slim Fields, what? Like you don't yeah. want that. You want them to go, oh cool. Yeah. Like you want that to be the end of it, and then they just know how to spell it if they want to look it up. That's I've never even thought of that. That's pretty good, like clever thinking. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys still do stuff? God, I wish. The group has splintered because there was nine of us. I got, I went, so they were all in New York. We were all in New York. Mm-hmm. And then I came out to Kimmel and he, uh, they just brought me out. And then I was able to get my other friend who I co-created the group with a job there too. Mm-hmm. So he came out to LA. Wow. And then the six. How did that feel to the rest of the group when like, did you specifically just meet with them? And they're like, we're going to have you come out. And you had to call eight people and be like, guys. Yeah. Oh, it was kind of wow. like, have you seen um, the Mike Birbiglia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't movie? think twice. Yeah. yeah, it was very, it was very much like that. Although, 
they hired me as a director and I did all the directing for the group. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, I directed the live show and the video. So it wasn't as, it wasn't like they were pr- pulled a performer and we were all performers because I was the only director oh, I see. for the group. So, yeah. and that's what they were looking for. And also I, I think I just ended to be, I, I, I wasn't, I was doing all freelance and a lot of other people had like full-time jobs. So I, this really was my full-time thing. And I, you know, I, I wrote a lot of it and whatnot. That's cool. And then, so you, how soon out of college are you with this? You're like a year or two out? Uh, it was, so we, the video Kimmel saw was a, like, I think like a, probably nine, 10 months out of college. Wow. And then there wasn't a job. He just was like, this is great. And then I flew out to LA to meet him. And then, there was like, cool, nice meeting you. And we connected because he was, he had lived in Seattle and Brooklyn and I was working at Letterman as a page. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, and he loved Letterman. Loved Letterman. So we just had like some good touch touchstones and then it was a great meeting. He's an awesome dude. I love the guy. And then he's just like, cool. And then for really another like nine months, I just kept sending him our stuff when it would do well. If, you know, if something went viral or whatever, I would be like, hey, here's our new video. If you, if you have a second to check it out, mm-hmm. here are the places I've written it up. Uh, and then he was like, this is great. We got nothing for you, but like keep pestering us. I remember he said, keep pestering us. And I was <laughs> like, is he being sarcastic? I don't think so, but there's no like downside if he is. Yeah. So I just kept sending him stuff. And then eventually one of their directors was leaving uh, and they they brought me out on trial period. And then, and then I was there for two and a half years. Nice. And then you went from there right to SNL? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And did you write on SNL? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really great, man. I mean, the, the chances of those things all happening in that kind of succession, I suppose when you're at SNL, that's kind of who you're surrounded by. People that are pretty young that have had like a few breaks in a way that like, do you all look around and go, how do we all get here? It is crazy. You definitely feel like you're like, man, this isn't, we shouldn't be here. Like you, everyone kind of has that fraud syndrome and then you realize everyone's kind of in the same boat Mm -hmm. and then you feel better about it but i wasn't i don't i was one of the younger ones Mm -hmm. i was 26 when i started there yeah Uh, but it is a lot of like you know kids like pete davidson was 20 when he started which is he was the youngest ever yeah and uh yeah I don't think he was the youngest. It wasn't like Eddie Murphy, like 19. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, Anyway, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) All right. Had that been like a goal of yours, a dream? When you were a kid, what were you into like comedically? I loved SNL more than anything. I remember I found, I I found this like thing from when I I remember like there were like email things in like the early 2000s that were like you answer a bunch of questions about yourself and it's like if you forward this to 15 people, your your grandma won't die. Yeah, yeah. So I I filled out a bunch of those when I was little and I found one from sixth grade that said my dream job would be to write for SNL. Oh, nice. So it was like a nice... uh, I didn't think it would happen. I mean, obviously I always was, you know, that was the dream. I was like, why... I think you can't, it's hard to be specific in your dreams nowadays, just because like... <laughs> I'd like to write there for this amount of years and then have that actually lead to this. <laughs> well, it's just like there's so many shows and so few opportunities. That I feel like the stars don't line on one show. It's like if it's good to be like generally aware of like, I want to write in late night. But like if your goal is like, I must write on the Tonight Show, you're probably going to be disappointed because it's just like, if you're as opposed to being like, I want to write in late night, just because it's like... 
why restrict yourself? Yeah. Why restrict your happiness when you're in the same ballpark? Yeah. So so then, how does the SNL pro? You, you're there for a couple more years. How long are you there? Uh, like a year and change. And then, how does that process? Because I've talked to a number of people that are like, it's really stressful. I, I don't even like it. I feel lucky to be doing <laughs> it. Or people that are like, I'm too nervous. I think I'm going to get fired at any point. Like, uh-huh. how did you process it? All those <laughs> exactly what you just said. And then when you get like brought in for a meeting, is it kind of like, do you want to stay or is it like, Hey, we're moving on or how does Um, it end? I don't think I wanted to be there forever, but it was definitely a, you know, it's a complicated place because it's definitely good, but it's the, the schedule's insane and the, the vibe is, is a, it's a very high pressure environment and it's not necessarily tailored to like, well, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything yeah, negative, yeah, but it is, it's a very great place that does a lot of wonderful things. And I, I say only good things about it. But to speak to yourself, having no, <laughs> well, that's, that, that'll be just a bit for you and I, that you uh, made a funny face there. Um, no, I didn't. You didn't make a face. I don't uh, even have a face. It's just skin. <laughs> so, it's like Voldemort no, Voldemort's nose, but the whole face. I haven't read Harry Potter yet. I've, it's in the movies. I haven't seen those either yet. I, I told my, Jesus, I told my it's a cultural I, phenomenon. I know, but as they were coming out, um, I was teaching. I was substitute teaching, and I tried reading one, and it just it was too kidsy for me. I think now maybe too it removed. Kidsy. It's genius. I I don't too know. Kidsy. Every now and again, I talk to another person that goes, "Yeah, same. I felt the same." But just like, let yourself be absorbed in the wonder of the most beautiful piece of art to come out of the 20th century. I would like 21st. to. I love J.K. Rowling. I think she's a fantastic person. How would you like even the, know? Just her tweets. You haven't even good. read her writing. <laughs> I was in uh, Edinburgh where she wrote it. I went to a lot of the cafes where she wrote it, and I was then like, read oh. it, dude. It's such a quick read. So oh, it's like Harry Potter. 10,000 pages. It goes by in an instant. You'll be a better <laughs> man for it. Trust me, it's the, one of the best. Th- I think it's truly one of the best pieces of art ever Have you read, like, created so, by like, humans. When I was a kid, I read uh, all the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. Into that. Did you read those? Yeah. And you, Okay. So that And I liked that. I don't know if it hit me right in the center of the bullseye, but it was close. Dude, I liked get it. on Harry Potter. I'm telling you, imagine something that has captured the world's imagination so yeah thoroughly that you feel like you're in another world when you read it and it's so rich and like i'll check it out i'm jealous of you that you still get to have this experience in front of you (laughs) yeah a lot of people do say that all right i'll try it again i in fact jokingly um some friends of ours gave me the first book recently of ours of me and my girlfriend. Oh, oh, oh. Um, you may sound like friends of ours, like secretive. Yeah, of you and me, yeah. And me, yeah. Some friends that we have mutually gave me Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, so you're like ideal place to write with, would it be a right mellow? Now? Yeah, like a mellow, low-key place. Because anywhere you work professionally is going to have hours, it's going to have deadlines, it's yeah. going to have demanding things. No, I like all that stuff. I definitely prefer high pressure. I think ideally, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm selling something of my own right now which is really where the where i hope to like uh to make my the rest like, of my like career a sitcom type thing yeah or? yeah cool and then you're out pitching it around and taking meetings and all that i don't know <laughs> oh you can't talk about it i don't know uh, i don't want to talk about it okay all right man but keep it close to the vest but i think that's the i think that's the i mean i think that's the i mean that's why i got into all this stuff is to I f- to create my own worlds and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's very satisfying. 
Yeah, man. The um, I think just being in charge too of like your vision, like as because when you're staff on staff at at the end of the day, you are just trying to get approval not from the audience, but you're trying to get approval from the the whoever show it is, the yeah. showrunner, creator, whoever. Whereas when it's yours, you're you're getting approval, I guess, from the network. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you, it's really also from the people, like you want the people, like, it's like, Hey, look into my brain. So, uh, what is, what's come out recently that you felt like they got to skate through all the network notes and make what they wanted. And it was something that you thought that's great. Uh, well, I, you know, it's always hard to know how much network notes something got, but I would say, have you seen end of the fucking world on Netflix? I haven't seen it yet. So unique. So cool awesome style and these two lead actors these two kids are just phenomenal and mm. it's such a cool interesting style and i'm i'm kind of hooked my girlfriend uh put me on that put me on that train and i i am thankful to her because she it's so cool nice so that that would be because it used to be the great american novel everyone every man of any age sort of pining or for like, woman no 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 this was like a 50s era the man out there oh, like see. fixing the car or something and just like i've i've lived a life i have everyone, a career but yeah. i never did that thing i never wrote the great american everyone novel. thought they were kerouac yeah yeah exactly just waiting i think that's i mean nowadays it's that with tv shows and movies is that everyone has that like breaking yeah. bad in their back pocket that i could be the next vince gilligan or whatever yeah, yeah. but I don't think people re- like when you watch TV. I don't think people realize just how much like craft and uphill battles it is to actually be involved in the industry. Mm-hmm. Not that it's impossible to do, but you just have to give up whatever the hell you're doing. Well, you're in it. I mean, you're right now. You, it seems. To, are you nervous? It seems like you're in a good spot, even though you might be going. I don't know what's next. I th- kind of know what's next, and just to hope uh it continues it's just there's so many dominoes to fall when like if you're snapping on a show it's just like it the show has already been sold and you just are attaching to it which is a great thing to do yeah if you're listening out there showrunners i would love to do that (laughs) but it's also when you're doing your own thing there's just so many steps it's like you're in this video game with like a thousand bosses and you have to you know you have to defeat the boss at every level and you have to get through, you have to get so many people on board and it's just, you're writing your own lottery ticket. Yeah. Cause no matter how good your idea is, no matter how many credits you have, no matter what deals you have in place or what reps you have there, you at any point, any one of those bosses can just go, eh, yeah, I like it, but I don't love it. And then you're just done. I, and you spend a year and a half of your life on nothing. I auditioned for this show in, I think September for the first time I did like a test in November or maybe even December February they, I got the call from like an executive like you're the guy whoa and then it was months later we they start showing pictures of the set you meet with all the producers the writers uh-huh. you have like your initial production meetings then it's starting to get closer of like we're gonna tape this thing were you doing it mm-hmm. we whoa. did like five episodes holy and, shit uh, congrats oh thanks years ago um, what's the well, show two years ago Two or three years ago? Uh, it was called Reactor. It was on sci-fi. Oh, cool. That was my one little brush with sort of like um, that side of things. You know, I, I kind of prefer side? this class- clandestine podcast world to some degree, but that was like the closest to like, oh, your face will be out there. Well, it's not It's not one or the other. You can do both. It's you not you like- can. But I mean, this I have, like you were talking about the control. Like, I can do it when I want. I can say what I want. I can have whoever I want on. Mm-hmm. We, we could just make your... 
mouth noises the whole time if I wanted to. I recommend against it. <laughs> it's not I a not do podcast. That. But you got to check out this podcast. It's got the best mouth noises. <laughs> WTF can... has nothing on these mouth noises. <laughs> and the uh, the bosses that you're talking about. I mean, I saw that from like, I'm a late addition. The producers who created the show. They, this show? No, no, the, the one I did, the, oh, the, oh, oh. the sci-fi show. Like, they already had it on the tracks for months. Then I come aboard, and now I'm part of that team, like, taking on the next boss, the next boss. Yeah. And everyone's online, you know, up until the, essentially one person was like, I don't like it. And that was the end it of it. It went off air? Yeah, yeah. Wait, and, did it go to air? Yeah, yeah. We oh, did, nice. Yeah, we were- we did were, a full season? No, we were midway through the first season. Oh, it was which a mid-season had, cancel. They had ordered, yeah, 12, and then after- Five, they canceled that. oh that's brutal yeah weird feeling and yeah. um are they still online i don't know i have i've I have oh. not even checked. a mid-season cancel has got to feel bad because then you feel like you 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 beat all the bosses and now you're just you're doing it now yeah it was it was weird like uh the uh studio like mm-hmm. the heads from the studio would come over and be like we didn't put this in this is cheap for us this doesn't put us out at all like you know it was just Midsummer, no advertising, going up against yeah. you know Conan and things like that. Where it was like, this is an uphill battle. Conan and then, O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Why were you guys up against Conan O'Brien? Because it was they were trying to do kind of a comedy thing within like Will uh, Wheaton had done it before, and they were trying to kind of. It was a breathe. sci-fi comedy. Yeah, they were. It was kind of oh. like talk soup or something oh, like that. But, for, oh, 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 but it oh. had interviews. It was a little that slash the daily show is what they were trying to like brand it as. Gotcha. It was very similar to what um, Will Wheaton's show ha- had been. And Who was the host? Of his show? Of the, the show you were on. Oh, me. You uh, were the host? Yeah, I was the main guy. What? Yeah. I not, wait, hold on. I gotta see this. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't hear about this. No one heard about it. It was <laughs> as if it never... I remember it... And you didn't pitch it? You just got brought on as host? Yeah. What's it called? Reactor. You and, got, uh, I didn't know that people just like, got, I thought the the host is like the show. I mean, I feel like that's a large part of what this industry and or the people always say the town. That's what this town is. But like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of that, that everyone gets their little brush with, oh, that almost took off. That almost happened. Sure. And then no one even knew about it. That's as, as saturated as it is currently. That's the weirdest thing. Like it used to probably be like everyone knew like, oh, that guy's show didn't do so well or that person's show. And now what just happened happens all the time. People go, you had a thing? Like, yeah, we did nine seasons. What? How have I never heard of <laughs> This doesn't look like you. Shorter hair guy. That's me. That's the reverse of my face. They flipped it horizontally for whatever reason. That's you? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, man. Those are the bosses you got to fight. Those are the hurdles you jump. You wear all these weird clothes. You look better now. The long Thank hair you. and the beard, that's a better look. Thank you. This is like this is like you're you're like a a, a young successful doctor. It was weird. I mean, my hair was not that short when it started. They just cut my hair off and sort of didn't really ask me oh how. God. Look it's at a this. weird feeling, man. This doesn't look like you. No, I know. Didn't feel like me either. <laughs> did you write it or did you yeah, have writers? Yeah, I helped write it. Yeah, we had like a whole, it was fun, man. We had a little writer's room and we'd go around. And how many people? 
It was small. Initially, we did all these, um, we had to do this grassroots thing. We wrote all these like video or like, you know, short vignette things. And uh, there will only be like three of us writing those. Oh, okay. And then the writer's room after that added four different writers. So there would kind of be seven of us mostly in the room at all times. Man. Yeah. Sorry it didn't work out. It could come back. Who knows? <laughs> it definitely won't be coming back. But <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know. I'm in a weird spot now where I don't even know what I really... I, that was fun, but it wasn't something like, oh, I got to get more of that. You know, mm-hmm. I liked it. I've been Unless able to... you're listening sci-fi, in which case we want <laughs> more of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would have any interest in that. But I, for a while after I pitched like a very similar, I suppose, or a show that I'd be more into and they didn't, that didn't go anywhere. And then to sci-fi to, well, this was more of like a science one. Uh, kind of a science dude, I would show. love to do a science show. Yeah, so me too. fucking bad. I w- there's no science talk show. I guess Bill Nye saves the world a little bit, but like, I wanted to do a topical God, one. I, I want made yes. a sizzle. Like when you came in this room Fuck. and you're like, oh, you could film stuff in here. I filmed the whole thing in here. And my God, yeah, it didn't go. It was too funny for science and not funny enough for uh, Comedy Central. Funny. Like the worst place to be in. Dude, I have to pee so bad. Okay. Do you mind if I run inside for a second? No, no, go for it. All right. So we were. Uh, how was the bathroom? I pooped in your sink. I said use the bathroom. You poop well, in the bathroom sink? Uh, kitchen. If you, I mean, we use the bathroom yeah, sink to poop Yeah, but it doesn't in. have a garbage disposal. Well, that's fair. All right. Did you pour any bleach or anything in? I poured your orange juice. You had fresh squeezed orange juice, and I poured that down, and then uh, used your, your that spatula that your grandmother hand-carved you to mush it down. I, the good news is I was lying about that hand-carving, because this has happened a number of times, mm-hmm. and... Uh, we got that at a yard sale. So I feel fine that you ruined that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel fine that the orange juice got poured out. That'll mask the smell. Uh-huh. What I'm not thrilled with is I'll bet you didn't use one of our, um, we have kind of like a bathroom bidet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I bet you didn't use that. So you're more worried that I still have a little poop in my butt cheeks. Yeah. And now you're sitting on my precious stools that my grandmother I'm wearing did pants. Yeah, but they seep, you know, pants seep. Mm, yeah, it's true. I will tell you this. If you cut that last minute out of the podcast, I won't be upset. <laughs> You're welcome to keep it. But if you do cut it out, I think I think maybe maybe I'd listen to us and go, they made a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll leave it up to Dan. He's either he's going to just look at the timestamp of the bathroom oh, thing and move on, or maybe he listened to the first minute and made an executive oh, decision. Please be generous, Dan. It's, have, it's in heart. his hands. There's nothing I can do. It's I have it. a family, Dan. <laughs> please. <laughs> So you, um, off air, we were kind of talking about, uh, fear, people operating out of fear. Is that anything you want to continue on as far as a thought? Or is it just kind of like, is it, do you have like recurring thoughts? You're like over and over again, like, oh, this is what the world is, or this is what this career is, or this is what entertainment is. I think so. I guess I would need, I'm trying to think now what they are. I think it's bad. Like you move on from Kimmel in a... Like, oh, hey, I'm leaving because I got SNL or it's, hey, you're fired, find something else. No, no, no. I'm I'm left because of, I got hired on a oh, Thursday and then they said you're starting Monday. Wow. So I had to go and tell Jimmy, like, hey, I'm like, thank you so much, but yeah. I, I think I got to go do this thing if that's okay with you guys. And I thought I was going to have to do like a two week like phase out, but they were very generous and just let me kind of yeah. skip town. Oh man, that's really sweet. So you're just like, two days later in New York get thinking about starting work on Monday. Yeah. I did a shoot that Friday was my last shoot and then, uh, started on Monday. Man, that's it's incredible. crazy. Yeah. 
And then that, so, and then, so you don't have time to process much there. And then mm-hmm. SNL kind of is like, oh, that's dissolving. And then you just write back to work on the next thing. Or do you have some time to just sit there and stare at a wall? No, I don't like wall staring. I try to, I always have probably, I always try to keep a couple things in the air at the same time. So, cause things fall through so, so mm-hmm. much that if you don't, I feel like you're, it's like you, you know, you're, you're, you got all these things cooking on the stove and you got it, you're hungry, but mm-hmm. you know, only one of them out of 12 is going to actually turn into food. Yeah. So you got to keep cooking. That's a pretty good analogy. You always got to put some new pot on there. I have a tendency, I suppose, to think like this one pot's going to be so great. I think that's a good way to do it too, but yeah, who knows? Back and forth. Well, how does your family view it now that you've had these like tangible successes and did you get to appear on screen on SNL a little bit? Not there. I, I appeared on Kimmel a lot, but not on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, my family is proud, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom, when I got SNL, she was like, oh, that's great. I heard Mount Sinai Medical School likes admitting writers. <laughs> it's like even the like best I could possibly do at the thing I wanted wasn't like just a step to get to medical school for her. You got to watch A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Oh, yeah? I, I think there are just minor, minor parallels that would be funny to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, a Futile and Stupid... Uh, I'll text I'll you the... Uh, okay more info about it but it's uh, uh it's yeah the lampoon guys and oh yes yes that one um so that was hard to escape and then uh i think they're proud i mean they're supportive mm-hmm. they're nice supportive jews i don't know <laughs> but it's not a lot of like this is our son and can you believe it he writes for snl i think there was a degree of that because they also got to they got the bragging rights with their friends to mm-hmm. like go like oh you know our one of the things that was nice was my my grandmother uh it was like the she watched it you know she watched every week and she passed away recently and i was happy that she got to like feel proud and you know brag to her friends and yeah she was and she always watched kimmel and at her uh her uh like a assisted living place and or it wasn't assisted it was like a i don't know what you call it but it was like a retirement community kind yeah of and she uh she, I'm happy that she got to see some of that because I, my other grandparents were all passed away while I was still in uh, high school or younger. So, mm-hmm. I was happy that she got to. Cool man, that's awesome. I remember my grandmother. I did my, I did Premium Blend. You remember that? Show? Oh yeah. So I did that, and she was so excited. And then uh, I think she went around afterward and like apologized to a lot of her friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to Premium Blend. Um, they switched it over into Gotham, the Gotham show. And then I think that became Adam Devine's house party. And now it's just gone. I don't know what they're doing for showcasing young and up and coming comedians. I think just not. Yeah. <laughs> just good luck with YouTube. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? There's too much comedy out there. Yeah. We should get rid of it all. Um, and then how, how are relations with your brother now? Great. I love my brother. He had Lyme disease in his mid twenties, which kind of derailed his like dunking all the time. Yeah. He, you know, he got a job at a hedge fund right out of college and it was like the, you know, the biggest hedge fund in the world. And he was, you know, rising the ranks and doing very well. And then he got bitten by one little tick and for, he tried to keep up and just like Lyme disease is a fucker. And then he became bedridden for a couple of years and just like, was like, 
out totally out of the game and we were also worried that was just going to be him for the rest of his life we're like fuck and he was doing all these experimental treatments and you know trying all kinds of things and i'm not exactly sure knock on wood it went away the symptoms so it's not it's he's good now and uh he's starting now he's uh he kind of you know he grew his hair out long he moved to boulder and he's much more into like uh holistic uh type things now and he's he's a great guy and we we get along very well now that's cool the competitive elements pretty much gone Mm -hmm. we we're much more collaborative now but i think as a kid maybe it kind of keeps you sharp if you're if you're competing a little bit i think so yeah keeps you sharp and keeps you sad Mm -hmm. what keeps you sharp like the writing and comedy these days are you inspired by stuff you watch a lot of movies and tv god i really should watch more i i I find doing and making more fun than watching Mm -hmm. uh like in sports too i don't like i'm like always like i'd rather go play basketball for an hour than watch a game yeah uh and i feel somewhat about comedy but you do have to kind of be up on the on like because you know people are doing such interesting things now to stand out so mm-hmm. it's it's good to like know what's uh, even available to do. Yeah. Cool, dude. And then as far as neuroscience, do you think that's something you'd like dip back into down the road? God, or? I'd love to. I have an idea for a neuro comedy book because I tried to uh, I tried to do this project uh, that would be like looking at the the like locus in the brain of why we laugh, like try to find out where like what because laughing is such a fucking bizarre behavior you like you bare your teeth and you go ah, ah, you make this weird sound <laughs> and you like can't control it you lean your head back you're very vulnerable yeah and it's also very socially dependent like you know if you're by yourself you're not going to laugh at things as much as if you're like with a group or you're like yeah what are you signaling to people versus like it can't be all social because you also laugh by yourself so like some animals laugh some don't so it's like this such a weird behavior and they call it mirth in the literature there's there's not a ton of laugh research but there is some and i pitched this project uh about trying to do like uh trying to do like fmri scans of people uh laughing and uh it ended up being it ended up kind of going away once i got too deep into comedy but i would you know i'd, I'd love to i'd love to go back at some point I hope you do, man. I feel like you're living a pretty um, unique life. That's generous of you to say, because it's it's just a very bland nightmare. <laughs> no, don't say that. I, mean, people are, <laughs> I would imagine people are listening that are feeling the same way. Like, I have a bland nightmare. I go to the same job every day. I drive the same route. and I Oh, sure. That kind of stuff. They're, yeah. They're living for the weekend kind of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that or that people that are doing it should feel like less than. I feel they should, right? I don't know. No, I I'm mean, just joking. You guys are great. <laughs> no, you could feel that way. I think Routine like, is nice though. God. Whenever I don't have a routine, I'm like, fuck, I just wish I had a nine to five. And then whenever I have a nine to five, I'm like, fuck, I just wish I had my own time. I really like being a traveling comic and just like kind of that weird lifestyle of Monday and Tuesday. I don't do a lot. If I pick up like a one nighter or a college gig, mm-hmm. great. Otherwise, like I'll check into a club on Wednesday and then be there till Saturday and then figure out what to do next. And you would you would do that in town or you go out of town? No, no, I do that like around like on the road. We're gonna oh yeah yeah that kind of thing. And uh, I liked it okay. I haven't done a lot of road stuff for stand up. Is it satisfying? I think most successful people don't do the road. I think like a lot of comics are like, I want to earn my stripes or pay my dues on the road. 
And then you just kind of end up getting forgotten about out there on the road. I think it's people that are like writing scripts and um, being in the mix, maybe a little bit more, getting their stuff seen uh, that probably succeed a little more. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think maybe some mm. people do a bit of both. True. It's interesting out there. That's where I've met like most of the comedians I know is whether, you know, when I was young and like I'd be opening or middling and I was in Austin, they'd all come through and then I'd see them. And they weren't at that high of a level, but that as they progressed, then maybe they'd bring me along to middle or whatnot. Oh, I so, see. Yeah, I like it. It's a whole it. other world that I don't know about. I just kind of know about the alt scene in L.A. Yeah, for me, like, that was that was kind of all I wanted to do. I thought it'd be real cool. I thought, like, once you got into, like, traveling and doing comedy, it wasn't in any way, like, fame-dependent. Uh-huh. And, and maybe it wasn't as much back then, but now, I mean, you could have a successful YouTube video and be like, hey, I want to come to the comedy club and someone who's been doing it for like 20 years would get bumped for you. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Because they'd be like, well, this person's really established, but no one's going to be there. Whereas this YouTube person will like sell it out. Oh, I see. It's just ticket sales. Do they do it based on credits or is it? It just, it can be. I mean, a lot of people working clubs right now have credits. They've, I did Letterman long ago Mm -hmm. and some people so far back to like, you know, the tonight, the early tonight show and those are like, there's still some of those old characters run, sure. running around. But yeah, definitely people that have like done Craig Kilborn and Leno and things that aren't even on anymore. Letterman. And, and they're and getting bumped. They would just be on their poster and be, and they would work a club. But in reality, I think you and I and probably most people are like, who's this guy? Sure. Who's this person? Yeah. So the credits used to be like, I think the stamp on a jacket. Like, oh, you got all those credits. You can definitely come headline. And now it's like, well, let's look and see how many Twitter followers you have. Oh, no. Those kind of things. So I yeah. think it's just different now. And some comics really lament it. I think that's just the evolution. It's just the natural way things kind of go. And really, why should you be headlining if no one's there to see you? Yeah. That's an un- the unfortunate reality of it. Yeah. So the YouTube world will uh, <clears throat> spawn off into something else. But your, your book sounds interesting. And I don't know, man. I hope you... It'd be funny, like... If you and Jono did meet and then wanted to, in some way, stay... I think he stays current with neuroscience stuff. Dude, I gotta meet this guy. Yeah. Two Let's neuro dudes. Out. Yeah. Cool. Well, Zach, thanks for being here. Any thanks final plugs? Having... This Iron Fist was pretty good. I oh, liked yeah, it. that was good. Uh, I guess just follow me on Twitter for, for more goodies and, and baddies at Zach Bornstein. Z-A-C-K-B-O-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. Hope you had a good drunk drive and you uh, <laughs> you arrived at your location safely. Appreciate that. Yeah, the highest percentage of drunk driving accidents through any podcast in the world is mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. Very proud of that. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, catch you down. I never said catch you down the road. What'd be a good send off? Oof. Okay. Catch, you down. catch you down the road. Catch Yuck. you down. <laughs> if I had known that was a sign off, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> Yuck. Well, see, what I don't even know if. I, oh, did you hear, you hear a little guy there? He just did a little... He's, he's getting rambunctious. It's we'll better than catch it down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could make that my sign. I don't have a sign-off. I don't know how to say goodbye on this all of a sudden. See what you do you l- normally do? I guess I just say see you later or thanks. Thanks, see you later. I guess that works. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I've, I feel like um, sometimes we take for granted living here that um, you know being in the entertainment world some of the the facets of it are you know they don't seem as uh interesting or or whatever they don't seem like for me growing up in nevada i I mean to hear something like that hear someone talking about the process of 
getting into those sort of jobs and whatnot and the all of that it would have just been it would have blown my mind like, I, I i remember thinking as a kid like that people were just born that way like oh they were just born a movie star it never occurred to me that they were just someone from anywhere in the world let alone the united states that just trekked out to hollywood or new york or chicago or wherever and had a go at it so anyway really interesting to um learn about zach's trajectory and interesting to see where it goes hopefully we'll check back in with him down the road appreciate you supporting the show uh, if you rate review subscribe all the things everyone asks you at the end of every podcast to do they all help with the algorithms and whatnot if you want to stay away from the beast and just stream the show and continue to have an, uh, a relationship with the podcast that way, that's totally fine. If you would like to support the show and you're not sure how, if you don't want uh, iTunes to know what you like and therefore try to configure a whole design to shove at you, I get that. You can support the show at thespacecave.com. There are tote bags and t-shirts, all of which that I screen printed. There are posters, so you can grab one of those. The, the proceeds will go to buying a beer or something for the show. If you'd like to support the show regularly, you can do that through Patreon. The show is put together and fully financed through contributions from listeners just like you. There are no ads. Hopefully that is an enjoyable experience. I appreciate it. A little oasis every now and again in this endless onslaught of advertisers just trying to get a little bit of our ocular space or audible space or any other place they can cram it into you to get and here i am doing that advertising to you about the show i apologize but that's it if you'd like to support the show those are the best ways to do it okay thanks to dan for putting this together thanks to rob for doing the wonderful theme song every now and again someone will tweet or email and be like i love that theme song who did it it's rob crow from pinback keep an eye on him you can follow him on twitter rob 54 or um, go to Pinback's website. He's in 50 other bands as well. He's always touring or doing something. He's just an endlessly prolific and creative fellow. So give Rob some support if you can. And this music is not by Rob, but get this. This is two weeks in a row. The music is a suggestion from Dan. Dan from Orange on Twitter, if you want to thank him or if you want to find out how he ticks, follow him on Twitter. Very interesting guy. Puts this show together from the goodness of his heart down there in the land down under and two weeks in a row now he has passed along music that i thought hey that would work on the show can he continue it i highly doubt it he's bound to send some atrocious sort of um synthy kind of edm sounding trancey type music which and i feel like he does that a lot of times as a joke but sometimes it's hard to tell anyway this one i liked as well as last week's i hope you like this one too it's by clues i hope i'm saying that right c-l-e-w-s clues and this is called museum thanks for stopping by the space the day i was born